0: A-F-I. Backstage Stories. Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. It's the Corona edition. Thanks, Corona. So probably a lot of you, just like me, are staying home. And you should stay home. I think it's smarter that you stay home, You'll wash your hands, you only wear masks if you've got symptoms. Just follow the rules, guys, Try to not spread this thing around even further. Um, I am in Germany, and things are shut down here pretty much. And uh, so here we are at home. We're not in the studio. I'm alone today. Um, and Mo will be editing and producing this episode from his parents' house. So, hi, Mo. Um, I wanted to bring you guys a little bit of entertainment, seeing as how we're all kind of going to be stuck here kind of trapped in a, in a, in a prison in a, in a kind of way. Um, basically, I have a story that I was reminded of in the last couple of days when they were saying, you you need to stay home. You know, and people were worried about getting cabin fever and they were worried about feeling kind of trapped and getting stuffed up. And um, I think what's really important is that everybody kind of makes a routine. I mean, in my case, I decided to try and read X amount of pages of my book per day, or I try to exercise from home or practice guitar for a certain amount of time. You guys can all make your own routines exactly as it fits your lifestyle. And I think that's important. And um, I thought, well, since everyone's just trapped at home, why don't I try and bring something kind of funny and something loose uh, to kind of bring us back to reality in these really strange uh, corona times. Um, So this is a story about Another time where I felt uh, stuck in a kind of prison because it was jail. This is the story of the first time I got arrested. That's right, first time. Um, just for the record, I have I have been arrested twice. Um, not like slammed on the ground, handcuffs on the back. But I have been read my Miranda rights uh, two different times uh, within two years of each other. So my teenage years were kind of an adventure when I was 16 years old um I used to hang out with this group of five four or five guys um uh, it was the tradition that we would go to uh, my, one of the friends houses um I would say that maybe I should give them fake names but I don't even know if they listen to this so we're gonna be truthful baby and actually it doesn't matter because of both crimes um I was expunged it was you'll see why everything's fine so Basically, um, one friend, his name is Demi, and Demi, uh, had a house that he shared with his mom, and we just, that was just our hangout spot. We would always go there, it was our regular place, we'd go there and play video games and eat junk food, and this was even before we got into smoking weed, so everything was just very, I don't know, teenagery, it all kind of stunk, and we just played video games all the time. And there was one, um week. I think it was spring break. And a friend of ours came over to the house. His name was Joseph. And he said, guys, I figured out that we can break into the... Okay, let me back up a little bit. There's there's a company that in America, and I think it's also huge in Europe or all over the place. It's called Frito-Lay. So <laughs> probably you're rolling your eyes like, yeah, of course we know what this company is. Um, Frito Lay makes a series of snacks. They make uh, mini sausages, they make peanuts, they make potato chips, they make like all kinds of potato chips and sweets and stuff. So it's a humongous company. And in our hometown, there was this warehouse um, where they stored and uh, they didn't manufacture anything there, but I think they just got humongous shipments there. And then they had um, maybe. 10 or 12 of these delivery trucks where you could um, th- they would stuff it all with the snacks and then either deliver it out to vending machines or to schools and stuff um, and the, the friend of mine said, well guys, we uh, me and, and my friend Cody we uh, we went to the to the warehouse and there's these trucks parked outside and there's no security there's no cameras, there's no fencing you can just drive right up to it. And it was really easy. We just broke into it, and we stole a bunch of the snacks. They didn't even take the money, and actually, we didn't either. Kind of a funny twist on the whole thing that might have been good in our favor. And we got really excited about it. I mean, we were teenagers. We were bored, and we thought, this is great. Let's go steal a bunch of snacks. So it was one evening in spring break, and the five of us got into a car. I think it was Demi's car, some big, long SUV. And we drove up to the place, and it was just so easy. We just sat there. We were in the car. There was no fence. There was no cameras. Everyone was kind of paranoid but kind of excited. And it was as simple as that. We 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 got out, and the Joseph guy, he cracked open the door, and it was fucking Willy Wonka, baby. It was just everything was there. Everything you could have imagined as like a chubby teenager in America was just sitting there in front of you for free range, free picking. It was anything you wanted. And we just loaded the truck up with all of these snacks. I think in the end we found out from the lawsuit, not lawsuit, but from the charges that it was something like $900 or $1,000 worth of snacks. And I mean, and these were just like potato chips and cookies and sausages and stuff. So uh, it was a lot. It was, um, I think it was like five or six huge, you know, 120 liter garbage bags full of this shit and we just packed it into his car and we drove right back to Demi's house and we loaded it like fucking like the Godfather or, or uh, Scarface. We just took all of this, like we took our loot and we went up to his bedroom, which was upstairs and he had a small uh, like hidden door next to his desk. And we just packaged all of it into his attic. Like it was just stacks of cash. Like we were just this cool, these cool bank robbers And, uh, yeah, for two or three weeks, we were living on cloud nine. I would just go to his house every single day and just, just the candy wrappers and the snack wrappers and the crunches and the slurps and the smacks and everything. It was just unbelievable how much shit we had in this house. And we just, just went to town on it. And, um, this is where the story gets kind of interesting because, um, it's pretty straightforward up until this point, you know, a bunch of kids stole some shit and they're going to get in trouble. Well, the, the way that we got caught, I think, is very interesting. So, in the meantime, after we had stolen everything, the guy who did it the night before, Joseph, he and his friend Cody went with Cody's brother, Clint. And Clint, in that meantime, uh, went to this... Uh, in, night, in the night sometime, he drove to this building that was connected to our school, it was called the Votech. I think it's vocational technical school, and that's where people would learn trades. And uh, he drove by in his truck uh, one evening with his friend BJ. His name was BJ, <laughs> and and uh, BJ uh, filmed on his phone Clint taking a gun out of his. Uh, the backseat of this truck uh, and shooting at the school, at the building, shooting certain windows out of the school. He didn't hit anybody, but people were inside the building. And it was just this, it it wasn't this like Columbine situation. Like he went in there maliciously to kill people. He just was kind of dumb and young and just shot at a building because it was exhilarating for him. And BJ filmed it. So, um, Clint is an idiot because of obvious reasons, but also because he went to back to the school and he couldn't hold it in that he was the one that everyone was asking who shot the school, who shot the school. It was a big deal in that small town, and Clint couldn't keep it to himself. He was, um, he was, you know, passing the rumor around, and uh, he got the video from BJ, and or maybe he filmed it on Clint's phone. He, either way, he was showing the video around, and uh, some of the kids at school got pretty uncomfortable with that one of the kids went to the uh, the baseball coach, told the coach that Clint was the one. there's proof on his phone. So then Clint goes to the uh, the coach goes to the principal. The principal goes to call the police and they call Clint. Um, they they go to the Votech. Clint was actually in class at the Votech when the cops pulled up. I think that's so ironic. they They pulled him out of the truck. And they um, started looking in the car. I, I don't remember if they found the gun, but then they were looking through his phone. And a funny anecdote here, I, I remember they the story goes that he was uh, standing there in handcuffs and the cops were looking through his phone for the video. And they found something that had like an interesting title. I, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but uh, basically it prompted the police officer to ask him, like, is this it? And Clint, uh, kind of got a smirk on his face and said, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe it is. Maybe you should click on it. And officer opened it up and it was, (laughs) it was a video of, uh, him getting uh, his dick sucked by his girlfriend. And, um, don't you love that all of this, uh, all of this happened with his best friend being called BJ. It's a perfect world. Um, so anyway, they, they got Clint, they pulled him into the police station, and then there in the police station is where he, he basically cracked. The interrogation was going on, and they were asking him, you know, all right, Clint, we, we, we have all this evidence, you know, backing up our uh, uh, investigation, so why don't you tell us uh, everything you've done? And then he was like, um, well, I shot the school, and uh, I broke into some cars, and And, uh, oh, and I robbed the Frito-Lay truck and they were like, (laughs) that was you. I didn't even know that was you. We weren't even looking for you for that, but that was you. Okay. That's great. That's genius. Okay. So then they said, who are you with? And then they called in Cody and they called in Joseph and then they got Joseph in there from school. And freaked him out so much. They were like, We know you robbed the Frito-Lay truck. Tell us all about it. And he was like, Well, the first night I was there with Clint and uh, Cody. And the second night, oh, the second night, he didn't say anything about a second night. There was a second night. Oh my God, there was a second. On the second night, I was there with Demi and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and Jordan. And they were like, oh, we've got the whole gang now. And that's how they got us. I remember I was at home and I was waiting for a friend to come over and play some music. And uh, the police officer rolls into my house. And uh, my mom was taking a nap and he just uh, knocked on the door, woke her up, got me in the car. She's looking at me like, What did you do? And I was looking at her like, I don't know, but I knew. And then I got in the car. And I remember sitting in the front seat of the cop car. I didn't have handcuffs or anything. And I was we were driving down this uh, small street to the police station, and there was a car in front of us that slowed down a lot, like a little under the speed limit. And I remember, I remember asking him, when cars slow down in front of you because they're scared that you'll pull them over, do you ever get bored of that? Or do you ever wish that they would just go faster? And then he kind of repositioned himself in his seat, and he was kind of like, Uh, sometimes it's better that you just stay quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, took me to the police station and, uh, put me in the holding cell. And that's what we were trying to get to. That's what we're trying to connect everything together here. You know, coronavirus, um, being trapped at home in one place. Um, that, that's the whole reason of this story is they put me in the holding cell and I was in there with, um, you know, there was some drunks in there and, and Joseph was in there and he was just, he didn't give a shit. He was laughing about everything. And I was so scared and I had to fill this paperwork out. My mom was there and then they had to put up like in America, you have to, you know, there's like a bail, you have to pay money to get people out of jail before their trial or if there's a trial or whatever. And they had to put up a property bail, like basically give temporarily, like give the, the truck, my dad's truck up to the state to get me out of the jail. And, uh, yeah, um, everything worked out. The company didn't want to, didn't want to press charges against a bunch of like 15 and 16 year old kids. So they dropped the charges and I think we had to pay a fee and then we had to do 90 days of community service or was it uh, maybe it was like 35 days of community service. I think it was like my whole summer, essentially. And uh, that's a whole different story for another time. That was a whole adventure, a big long month full of working with crazy people and prisoners. And um, it's a really, really good, really good story. Um, But I just wanted to bring you guys something funny, something entertaining about being trapped. And uh, just like with me being a kid stuck in a holding cell with a bunch of drunk people, it will pass. We will escape and we will be back in our normal lives. Uh, we will be back in our normal lives soon enough. And I'll leave you with this. Um, I thought I might play a song for you guys. Um, something from the, either something from the unreleased new album that I'm thinking about, uh, releasing maybe later in the year now because of everything going on. Um, I think that's what I'm going to do. And, um, Thanks for listening and stay safe and take care of yourselves in this crazy time. And, uh, if you enjoyed this, please, uh, tell your friends to listen to the show and, um, please go to the, to Spotify or um, um, Apple podcasts, wherever you listen and give us a good rating. Um, It really helps new people find the show and uh, chances are there's someone out there living abroad right now stuck because of Corona and could really use uh, a voice that they can connect to. So every little bit helps uh, spreading the word of the show. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Haven't seen you in a while Wonder if you got yourself a brand new style And I hope you are happy And I hope you're smiling back at me I was thinking I know it's tough Could you send a simple message from above And let me know You are happy Let me know You're smiling back at me Have you wisdom Or some advice How'd you get through all the times throughout your life? How'd you show you were happy? How'd you know to keep on smiling back at me? If I was weightless and I could fly I'd log a thousand hours buried in the sky And I know I'd be happy And I know I'd be smiling Just for me, yeah
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Farsi Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Badscheider, produziert für M94.5.